This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Don't listen to anyone who says anything or makes comments that make you feel insecure about what you're trying to do. If you feel like that's your passion and that's what you want to do, go do it and do it full force. But I wish I had known not to pull myself back. If I love something, do it. Let's take a breath. <sighs> hey guys, I'm Cindy Litwako and welcome to Something to Share. Every Wednesday, I sit down with people you may have seen on your TV screens, experts in their fields, or just people I find inspirational so that they have a platform to dive into the things that they really want to talk about. We all have something to share, something that we're going through, and something that we need to hear. So let's get started. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. If you're new, welcome. I'm so excited that you're here. And if you're returning, welcome back. So today's episode I was really excited about. I feel like it's been a long time coming for me personally. I have followed Tori for a while now. She and I have lived very similar lives. She grew up in New York and then moved to LA right after high school to pursue her career in dance and has shifted a little bit to this more fitness lifestyle that she's in now. And I just think that she's incredible. And I I align a lot with uh, how she's made decisions in her life and how she's created shifts in her life. And I just think she's really, really cool. And she's a great follow. So I highly recommend doing that. But I've been wanting to interview her for a while. And I've been wanting just to sit down with her in general, just because I have followed along with her for so long. So if you don't know who she is, she is well known as one of the few Tone It Up instructors that they have. Um, I'm personally obsessed with the Tone It Up brand. If you guys don't know what they are, definitely look them up, especially if you're looking for a great online workout space. They're awesome for that. Um, they are created by Karina Dawn and Katrina Scott. They're the cutest little duo ever. They're these powerhouse women that created this incredible brand and community. And Everything from their workouts, which are really great because they're really well done and curated, but they will not kill your body, which is really important. And just their general aesthetic is everything. Um, Also, side note, their protein, this is not an ad, their protein is delicious. Um, They have a Tone It Up protein. My favorite is the vanilla and they sell it at Target. Just a little side note. But um, I just love the brand and I... I've always loved watching Tori grow with them, and she's worked with them for now five years. So today we get into a lot of general knowledge and little tidbits and gems, especially if you are on a fitness journey right now or if you are wanting just to feel really good and healthy, especially in this new year. Um, Tori has a lot of great tips in this episode, and she also has a background in nutrition, so she has a great practical tips for how to feel your best in your body. And a lot of times that has to do with just like digesting your food and not feeling like inflamed and bloated and all the things that food can do to us. Um, she recently just got married, so I definitely picked her brain with all of the tips on that and again, how to feel your best for that big day, not as far as like a weight loss thing, but more of just like how to have the best energy, how to feel the best in your body, um, so not being bloated and feeling gross, you know, like I do when I eat too many um, things that I'm probably allergic to. Um, so we go through all of that. And she also is so great about explaining her mindset going into really big transitions in her life. She is now more in the fitness space and also becoming an actress and a blogger. And she's an influencer and shifting slightly away from dance, but still having that somewhat in her life. Um, so I could relate to that a lot. And I think just with any anytime you're going through transitions in life, you'll go through ups and downs with it. It's going to be a matter of wrapping your mind around not letting your job be your identity so much and just going with what this new chapter in life is going to bring. Um, sometimes I'm really bad at that. Um, and we talk through that whole experience she had with that. And she gives so much insight, especially into the idea of following your intuition and what's best for you and doing things that really light you up in life, which I think and I know is really important. Um, so I think you're really going to love this episode, guys. Definitely share it with someone who's going through any of the topics that we go through today because there's a ton that we jump into in this episode. It's just, I think this conversation just feels great and I know you're going to love it. So my something to share today. So last episode with Nick, I was the last episode we released, I was putting so much pressure on the conversation and trying to create what I thought was the perfect episode. And I've learned 
over time that I am a perfectionist and that is not a healthy thing necessarily. It has helped me create a lot of things in my life and accomplish a lot of things. But when you're so committed to every detail running perfectly and the way that you rehearsed it in your mind, it never goes like that. Life does not happen like that. Life is not about a scripted rehearsal. It's literally things are going to happen. Shit is going to come at you at all times, always, and we can't always plan it out. It's nice to have a plan and be prepared and do the things that you need to do, but also having a realization that it's not going to look exactly like you thought. And I oftentimes try to make everything look exactly like I thought. For example, in college especially, I would rehearse how I would speak to people. How I would always rehearse conversations in my head like 50 times beforehand for no reason. Or if people told me certain things like things I needed to fix about whether that was my technique or in dance or whatever, I would always let them fully take over me for like an entire day. And that was the only thing I thought about. So I was very connected to being what I thought was perfect and what I thought I could show the world was perfect. And I've realized over time that just does not work. And I just go insane trying to create that for myself. So what I'm trying to do right now and more in my life is just letting that all freaking go, working really hard, but not working so hard to the point that I'm trying to achieve goals for myself that aren't literally impossible and just being okay with things being imperfect. I think especially now with how the world is shifting, we're all needing that. I think we the Instagram world and the way social media went for a while, it was all about being perfect and showing everything perfect in your life and having a really aesthetic life, which I still love, and having a really perfect feed and doing all the things that make you look perfect and blah, blah, blah. And it's exhausting. And I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. I can't do it to myself anymore. I'm just going to push myself more into just showing up as I am. So I hope that invites anyone out there that feels like a perfectionist know that I totally get you. And that was my comfort zone for many years of my life. So it feels very uncomfortable just to be like, here's everything. And it's not perfect. I try my best to make the best product that I can, the best episodes that I can, the best whatever I'm doing that I can. But it's sometimes nice just to see the other side of things and to know that it's okay to not be perfect. Nobody is. And if they're they feel like they are, if they're telling you that they are, they're lying to you and they're lying to themselves. So here's to just not being perfect and accepting ourselves for where we are at in this moment and letting that be okay. Um, I'm all about growth and I'm all about learning new things and fine tuning myself. But I think it's also important to not lose sight of yourself by trying to create a perfect version of, of what you think other people want from you. So that's my something to share. Hope you enjoy this episode, guys. I always love a five-star review. They literally make my life. (laughs) They mean so much to me that you're listening and that you are getting something out of these conversations that we're having. I truly appreciate it and love you all. So enjoy this episode, guys. Without further ado, here is Tori. All right, Tori, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to sit down with you. I have been following you for a while. I know we've DM'd a couple of times, and I'm just happy to meet you kind of in person. Um, How are you? I am so excited to be here. I feel the same. I'm like, we've been following each other. We've spoken, and now I finally get to see you face-to-face. I'm just so excited to be here and have this conversation. I feel like we have a lot of similarities, and our stories probably have some overlap in places. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, very much so, which I'm excited about that too. So for my listeners that might not know who you are, could you give us a little background on who you are, what you do, where you are in the world, all of that good stuff? All right. So I'm currently in Los Angeles, but I'm originally from Long Island. I'm a dancer from New York City. Um, when I was 18, I moved into the city, literally the day after high school. So I was wow. pursuing dance for a bunch of years in New York City, and then that brought me out to LA. There was just something that brought me here. I don't know. I was determined to be in LA. So I chased a lot of dance jobs, brought me to LA and through the dance world out here, I kind of fell into the fitness world. 
which I think happens to a lot of dancers. And now I'm a fitness <laughs> instructor. Um, I'm also a commercial actress and fitness model. Um, I dance here and there, but it's mostly for fun now. <laughs> um, I just got married. And I'm expecting a baby. <laughs> oh, my God. We have so much to talk about with all of those things. That's so incredible. Yeah. That's why I think I related to you the most is because, again, we have those similar backgrounds. I love that you kind of followed your passions and they ended up leading you into what it seems like from an outside perspective, outside perspective from like one thing to the next to the next, which is really cool to see. So I'm, I really want to jump into all of that. Yeah. Did you dance for any NBA teams in New York or was it just the Clippers in no, LA? No, just the Clippers in LA. Um, I always used to, when I was growing up, I said I wanted to be a Nick City dancer. So I'd mm-hmm. there, you know, little workshops all the time growing up, but it wasn't until I came out here. It's a very small world. Anywho, well, let's jump into my initial questions yeah. to kind of break the ice. So I always ask someone to either bring something from their nightstand surprising or with an interesting backstory. You don't have to physically have the object, but anything from your world, Tori, that you could share with us? Sure. I have them here. Um, My nightstand, I don't know if it's that exciting and shocking, but I have lots of books. It's literally just shelves of books. (laughs) So let's see. I've got a poem a day. I read this one every morning. It just has insightful poems. Sometimes I honestly have no idea what the poem means. I can't always figure it out, but it feels like it's opening some poetry for me every day. Um, I've got what to expect right now. Oh my gosh, (laughs) little baby coming. And then my two journals. I always do the gratitude journal every morning. And I've recently started doing the bump journal where you kind of like track how you're feeling every day, your emotions, your bump, all the things. Well, it sounds like you have a very solidified morning routine. Is that the case? Or is that something you're trying to develop? No, I do. I'm, I'm very proud of my morning routine. I feel like it's become part of me for, it's been a, it's been a couple of years now where I have my routine kind of set. I try and wake up pretty early. Like I like to be up at six or seven to get my day going. And then, um, I jump into meditation right away. I only do like a 10 minute meditation. I'm not crazy. Like sitting for 30 minutes. I just do a quick little 10 minute meditation. I journal, read a poem and then I get my day started. So it's, it's a pretty quick morning routine. It's not uh, super high maintenance, <laughs> not, yeah. not hard to do. It's so nice to just to have something though to like ground yourself. I've been trying to solidify mine lately. So maybe because I meditate at nights. So I need to push in the morning because I find when I wake up, I'm very groggy. So if I meditate right away, I'll fall back asleep. That that happens. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But, you know, sometimes you need it. Um, I also need to get into poetry. I haven't gotten into that yet. Like not even a little bit. Ever since like Shel Silverstein, it was I think the last poetry book I've ever read. (laughs) That's kind of how I am. And now I'm in this acting class and they're all about opening up your poetry. And um, it is really interesting how now when I read some of these poems, sometimes I don't always understand it, but now I'm like, oh, I don't know if I would have gotten that a year ago. So it's just even like sitting and making yourself read one poem a day, kind of mm-hmm. this whole new world for yourself. Is is there one in particular that you've connected with recently? Yes, actually. Um, and I probably will wind up saying this again at some point later because it's my favorite Um, but this one, it says, it doesn't matter what you do. So long as you change something from the way it was before you touched it into something that's like you after you take your hands away. Mm. And I really, really like that because it means like, it doesn't really matter what it is you do. You can do a million things, but do it with your whole self, be you and make it a little better when you leave. I like that. Yeah. I always reference like going into a room and making it just a little bit better than how it was when you walked into it. So I kind of relate to that as well, which I'm sure you do with everything that you do with fitness, with dance, with acting. Absolutely. Um, so that's super cool. Yeah. Anything that's been on your heart or mind lately for you, Tori? Hmm. It's been a few things. So finding stillness, that is a struggle for me. Um, yeah. Finding stillness in my day to day. I'm in this new chapter And I'm used to being very go, go, go. And I'm trying to just be present and be here. (laughs) But at the same time, we're figuring out a balance of how to show up for others and show up for myself in that stillness. Mm -hmm. Um, That's kind of been my day to day when I wake up. How can I show up for everyone in this community that I've built? And I really enjoy showing up for it. So I want to (laughs) be there and create, but also living in my life and being present with my husband and what we're going, like this whole new chapter that we're going through. Um, Mm -hmm. So really trying to find a healthy balance 
there, which is tough. Yeah. It's hard to be very present when, especially with what we do. I'm just going to relate to both of us because I feel like we're the same. Um, When you just feel like you're being pulled in a bunch of different directions and you want to be in the moment and present, but you also want to accomplish every single thing on your to-do list. Right. (laughs) So when that happens for you, like what pulls you back down to earth when you feel like you're being kind of strung out in all these different places? Still really, really trying to figure that out. I think something that really helps me is my husband is not in this world at all. He's in medical sales. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like he's going, 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 hustling. He hustles all week. He does his job and then he knows how to shut off and relax. So having that balance is definitely helpful. He'll call me out if I'm on my phone for absolutely no reason, just scrolling, you know? So things like that, trying to find moments. I think the first step for me is just when am I on my social media or worrying about things in a time when I really don't need to, I got my work done that day. So put my phone away. <laughs> like that's yeah. the time I can put my phone away. And it's those small little steps and kind of creating that habit of putting my phone away when I don't need it. That reminds me to stay off of it when I, and be present. Yeah, that's what's interesting about not having necessarily a boss or someone that's like making your schedule and someone that you don't have to answer to. Yeah. You could feel like you're never done working and you could feel like you always have something to contribute or you're researching for another like, I don't know, reel that you're going to do or there's constantly something that you could be yep on for. So yeah, it's really hard to set a boundary. Absolutely. I'm like, I see everyone that set up everybody that I follow that have all these healthy boundaries. And I'm like, how do you do that when your phone is Mm -hmm. right there and your computer is right there when you can just do a little bit more? Have you thought through, because you're now married, you're going into this new chapter in your life. Have you thought through like what you want to share out of your life and what you want to kind of keep private? Have you created that balance yet? Because that's always very interesting for people who are creating. You know, I haven't yet because I genuinely like sharing. Like Mm -hmm. the only thing I can say we've kept is that we know the gender and I haven't said that yet just to kind of keep it ours. (laughs) But at the end of the day, I don't mind sharing everything. Like I've always kind of been someone who talks too much and tells everyone everything about myself anyway. So I don't really mind sharing all of it. And like I said, with my husband, not really being on social media, we have so much time that's ours. You know, even mm-hmm. if it seems like I share everything online, there's a lot that I don't just mm-hmm. because of the fact that we're both not on social. So I try to respect that and not, you know, put him on it all the time if he doesn't want to be. So there is so much that's already private without people realizing Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it, I'm like, this is so fun. Like I'm, I'm growing a bump and there's a human in my body and I had to be secret for three months about it. So here's everything, you know, <laughs> I, I don't really mind sharing all that because it's fun for me. How does your husband feel about it? If he, cause I, mm-hmm. my fiance is not really in the world yeah. either, but it took him a while to figure it out or like get used to it. And sometimes he's really into it. And sometimes he's like, can you get that camera out of my face? Yep. So how does your husband it's feel? It's pretty much the that? same thing. There are good days yeah. or, you know, if I have to do an ad that includes both of us, I'm like prepping him for a week. I'm like, okay, next Saturday, please don't be upset. We're going to do this thing or, or I just need your help. I need you to take this photo and then that's it. We'll be done in an hour. Like I've planned it out <laughs> and I can get him for a bit or there's, you know, days where he it has fun with me on stories, but then there's other days where he's like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. And I just try to respect that. <laughs> The amount of prep I give my fiance too, he's like, because he gets mad if it takes any longer than 1.5 seconds. So I'm like, just really quick. It's for this thing. Like, I promise we'll be done after this. We can do whatever you want after this. We can watch football after this. Like, whatever you want. Just like the fo- smile for one second. <laughs> yep. Always get the football in there. A little sports. Like, we'll put it on after and I won't bother you. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I love it. Okay. So – I want to talk through kind of your journey because it seems like from looking at your story and all the jobs that you have, you've dealt with a lot of transitions in life. And I personally can really relate to that. So I'm wondering how you've dealt with all of that. So talk me through just kind of, you mentioned a little bit of your story earlier of like you start, grew up in New York, you moved to LA, which is all the way across the country, which is really hard to do. So talk me through those like transitions, how you knew to make those decisions and how you kind of felt during those bigger stages of life? Yeah. Um, so moving to LA was a transition. I always knew I wanted like in high school, I would tell people, Oh, I'm moving to LA after, after high school. I don't even know if I'm going to go to college, which wasn't true. I was going, planning on going to college at the time. So I don't know why I was saying that there was just something in me that knew I want mm-hmm. to be in California someday. Um, I remember being in this program once it was some contemporary dance program, but they would have us do all of this like journaling and vision boarding. And 
there was a 10 year goal setting thing that we had to do. And everybody else in the class was, we were reading them out loud. Everyone else said they want to be in this contemporary company in 10 years. They want to be doing this and that. And mine was the only one that said like holding a baby. I'm a yoga instructor over the water in on the West coast or something. And like, and I was so embarrassed reading it because I'm like, Oh God, I'm in this dance program. Why don't I have the same 10 year goal as everybody? Mm-hmm. So I think there was always something that I felt inside. And I've, that was the first big leap when I moved to LA that I mm-hmm. really trusted my own intuition and my own gut. I didn't know how to do that when I was in New York and it caused me a lot mm-hmm. of turmoil and anxiety. And I didn't know it was because I didn't know how to listen to my own gut. Mm-hmm. But once I listened and I went out to LA with, even though it made absolutely no sense, I was in West Side Story, which was amazing, but it paid $200 a week, maybe if that, you know, there was, <laughs> and I up and moved across the country. I lived on a sofa or not even a sofa. I lived on a blow up mattress in a friend's older brother's house (laughs) on their living room floor. It made no sense to anyone else, but it was the first time I was just like, no, this is what I want. And I learned how to listen to my gut and the rest kind of just unfolded, even Mm. though it made no sense if you tried to think it out logically. Um, and, And I think that's been my biggest lesson with all the transitions is just listening to my gut, even if it doesn't make sense or if it's scary financially, it seems like it's not going to work out. It always does. And Mm -hmm. now I've just learned the more you trust your intuition, it gets stronger and stronger. And you just kind of learn how to trust it even more. Every time it pings, you're like, okay, yeah, no, I know you're right. And that's helped me through all the transitions. And I'm interested if you feel the same as this being a dancer, I've learned how to not connect my self-worth so much with every job and every place, (laughs) every part of my life, because that's the hardest part. I feel like in the arts, we work so hard towards something. It's so hard towards being in this one show and then we get it. And then you have to start thinking about the next show or the next thing. And, you know, for years, I'm like, I'm an MBA dancer. Like this is me and my identity. And I didn't know how to not tell people that for years after I was done dancing for the MBA, I'd be like, I'm an MBA. I dance for the Clippers. And I'm like, no, I really don't. It's been four years, but I feel like I have to say it because then who am I? <laughs> mm-hmm. So like really learning how to not attach my self-worth to every job mm-hmm. that made transitions so much easier. <laughs> you just hit on every single thing that I've ever gone through in my <laughs> entire life. And I'm really glad that we're talking about this because it is really hard when you have been told your entire life that your importance or your worth or like your success is based off of a job that you have or a role that you have or a place on the stage that you have. Mm-hmm. And you don't even necessarily realize that it's something that's kind of ingrained into you until it's like way too late and it's just a part of your being. Yeah. Um, because I don't think I really even realized it until I was taken – like dance was kind of taken away from me. It was like when the pandemic hit and I couldn't dance or I couldn't like have that outlet. And I was like, why do I feel – insane. Like I I knew that like there was always an end point for my dance career. Like at a certain point you you get a certain age and it doesn't really happen as much anymore if you're not getting a lot of gigs. But like why is this so hard for me to understand? And I had to like really grapple with that and like really understand like what I was going through and it felt like there I was like mourning a part of myself. And because of that, I had to like rework and like step back and look at the bigger picture and be like why did how did I get here? Like how did I start feeling like this. And it was because like I always, every audition, you once you get that job, you feel like, okay, I, I, I can call myself a dancer. I can call myself successful if I got that role or if I got that position. And it's funny because it, it, sometimes it's like a role that pays $200, like you said. And it's funny that West Side Story pays $200 when it was just in a freaking movie in theaters recently, but that's a whole other podcast. But yeah, yeah it's like it's very easy to do and it's very easy to lean on when that is something that you've been told for so long mm-hmm. and it's very hard to like rewire your brain. So how did you do that once you realized that's what you were doing? Like how did you take – because it's taken me a long time and I still don't think I'm fully there yet. Yeah, I think I got really lucky when I moved out here to LA and the people that mm-hmm. I became friends with. I just became friends with really amazing girls and women and I didn't really – I have good friends from home but I didn't really have a big – like group of girlfriends and support system like I have now. And, you know, I heard all these horror stories moving to LA and 
it's hard to make friends, which it is, of course, but I got very lucky because I moved here and I was in the theater world, which is not normal LA. And then Mm -hmm. I transitioned right away into Tone It Up, which again was this amazing, you know, we all call each other babe and we love each other and support each other and hold each other accountable. So again, that was very different than what a lot of people get when they move out here. Um, Mm -hmm. And those were all the people that I was surrounded by. And then the MBA even, I don't know what people, what thoughts everyone has about that, but it was like one big family. Those girls are my sisters. So it went from three different jobs right when I moved out here that just gave me all of these girls to support me. And that really helped because all of a sudden I was kind of fulfilled in another way. Like with Tone It Up, I had a bigger purpose than Mm. what job I had. I was there to Mm -hmm. fulfill this holding each other accountable and keeping girls inspired. Um, and, and it wasn't about your body being in fitness, even though it's a fitness whole community, mm-hmm. it's not about your body, which is different from the arts, <laughs> you know, or at least dance. Yeah. We stare at ourselves in a mirror. All day. <laughs> this instead yeah. was like, it, it's not about your size. It's just, you're, we're lifting our beautiful arms because every arm is beautiful. We're just doing this to stay healthy and fit. Um, so I think that really helped all of a sudden I had a bigger purpose and I was actually sharing my whole everything I've learned in life with people rather than just trying to prove myself to all these people. Mm. Like nobody Mm -hmm. in the tone up community cares if I'm in a dance job, it's cool for them to see their trainer doing whatever, you know, and they get to be like, that's my trainer in a commercial or great. But no one's like, Oh, you didn't book a job this week. Oh, oh, what gig do you have this week? It's not about that. And so Mm. it became something fun for me to get to do all the things I do, like modeling and acting and dancing that just became like, my fun thing that lights me up. Mm-hmm. I get to serve all these people. And I think just having that higher purpose helped take that identity and everything away for me. Yeah. I think that what you mentioned is that serving others piece, which I'm now like rationalizing because dance can do that, but it's mostly a lot of like serving yourself <laughs> or like serving that younger self who like wanted to feel like they made it or yeah. just feeling like you're good because you got the gig. Um, But when you have something that has like purpose behind it and it's not for necessarily for you, it's for everyone else or for a community like Tone It Up has, I think that might be the differentiating factor, which I think that's something that I need to lean into even more because, yeah, then there's like instant worth behind what you're doing. You don't have to like, like you said, prove yourself. It's just kind of innate when you're doing something for someone else. Absolutely. I mean, that's like you right now with your podcast getting to share so much with everyone who listens and then. And then it's what makes it fun now. Like at least, I don't know if I'll do dance jobs anymore, but with modeling or acting, I really love doing all that, but it does feel different now when I get to do it because Mm -hmm. it's it's really coming from a place where everyone that I share everything with on all my social media, it's like, oh, you can have this life too. You can do this if you want. Do you have a dream or a hobby or what do you want to do? Great. You can do it. Look, I did it. It Mm -hmm. took me a while to find the right reasoning for why I do it. Now I get doing the arts and dancing and performing, not just to fulfill myself. I understand that now, but I didn't before. Mm -hmm. It was exactly what you said, just to kind of prove myself like, okay, I did it. Oh my God. I can say, you know? Um, So yeah, now having that other purpose and somewhere else to share all of this with and other girls to share it with. Now I get to do it and be like, this lights me up. What lights you guys up? Find the thing. Mm -hmm. I hope this inspires you. (laughs) You provide the example, but then you also encourage the people to find it for themselves, which is awesome. You said something earlier about how you listen to your intuition more Mm -hmm. and you've gotten it to a place where you can like fully hear it and understand it. How did you get it to that place? Because I think intuition is huge. And sometimes depending on different chapters of our life, it can be very clear to understand and others, it's very um, unclear. So how did you figure that, like what your intuition sounds like for you? Oof. Ah. You know, it's different all the time. Um, I think of it sometimes as like little, just like dings or, you know, something that feels like it interests me as small as that. I'm like, hmm, that thing interests me today. Why why does that interest me? But I'm going to go do that. Just listening Mm -hmm. to even something that small is the first Mm -hmm. step of listening to your intuition. When someone's like, why? Why do you want to go do that today? I don't know. I just do. It was on my mind. That's the first step. And also noticing times where I don't feel good, where I feel a little anxious. That's also my intuition telling me like, maybe it's time to leave this place. Even if it's just like a dinner with friends, eh, it's time to go home. And then when I go home, all of a sudden 
you see the trickle effect of like, oh my gosh, if I hadn't gone home, blah, 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 blah. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's like those first little steps of learning how to just be like, I, yeah, no, I don't want to be here tonight. I don't have a reason. I can't explain why, but I just know I don't want to. Or on the other side, I know I want to do this, can't explain why. And it starts mm-hmm. with that. Um, you know, I was just about to text somebody yesterday who I hadn't spoke to in a year and a half. And I was like, oh, is it weird? You know, I, with my wedding, I couldn't invite them to my wedding. We had to make the wedding list smaller. So I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. But I, I want to reach out. I think, And I was going to run into them today. So I'm like, let me reach out and say hi, uh, whatever. And then right as I'm writing this text message, they texted me and we hadn't spoken in a year and a half. And it's just moments like that where it's like, I don't know why I want to reach out to this person right now, but I'm going to do it. And then they were reaching out to me. I don't know. It sounds so silly. I don't really believe in coincidences. There's a reason I'm Mm -hmm. supposed to bring this person back into my life for whatever purpose. I'm not sure yet, but it is just interesting. And learning to let go, really learning to let go and stop gripping all the time. Mm -hmm. Grip and you want to force, even if you're like, but if I don't force this, it won't happen. Mm-hmm. Have to learn to let that go and put out the intentions and still do the work, but without all the forcing and gripping and then more can come in. And I mm-hmm. really learned it takes time though, to learn that because <laughs> yeah. it's scary and, you know, and it doesn't, oh, it doesn't happen right away. So sometimes you're like, what? I let go. And the thing I'm trying to call didn't come. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it takes practice to like find the right things for you. Yeah. It's like patience for yourself and patience. And it's a way of learning to trust yourself, which is super important. And I think the more that you have those little instances like that, it's like further evidence of, oh yeah, I did that one time and I trusted myself and I didn't judge it. And this thing happened. So the more those little things happen, the more that trust will come. So I think it's a great practice just to like, you know, see what little thing you want to like would light you up for the day and just kind of lean into that and see what happens. You know, just like staying open to possibilities is always really cool. Cause I mean, what else are you going to do? Be closed-minded? Like Uh, (laughs) which one do you want to go with? Exactly. Um, I want to talk about fitness and your journey with that. I, I'm obsessed with Tone It Up, to be honest. I've always been obsessed with them. I just love their brand. I love their aesthetic. I love their workouts. They're like they're hard, but they don't feel like I'm going to literally die. So that's very important for me. <laughs> so talk to me through like fitness for you and how you found Tone It Up and yeah. how it's kind of different. Okay. Well, it's a really funny story. I knew who Tone It Up or about Tone It Up, the company, when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And this is a story to like show you manifestation and listening to your gut works times a million. So mm-hmm. here they were, whatever. I would take some of their YouTube classes. Like I, I wasn't ever, I never had like my own tone it up account. I never went to meet up, like nothing like that. I just would like yeah. go on YouTube sometimes and be like, oh, I know this is going to be a tw- exactly what you said, a 20 minute workout that like feels good, but I'm not dying. Great. Mm-hmm. And I even brought a picture one time to my trainer when I was living in Manhattan and showed him a picture of Karina and Katrina and was like, oh, they're just so cute. I want to look like them. And I want to live on like my goal. I just want to live on the beach and get to work out with my friends. Like that's, that's my life goal. Okay. So I said that, great. That's it. Then years later, I moved to LA. I moved right to Manhattan beach. When, when I told you I was living on that air mattress, it was in Manhattan beach. And every day I'd go sit on the beach, do my work, whatever. And I was always like, oh my God, those girls that I like live here. Okay. That's weird. But like, I wonder if I'll ever run into them. Cool. That was that. And then cut to a year and a half later, a girl that I had randomly met at a soul cycle audition when I first moved out here, which I didn't wind up getting. She then worked at tone it up, invited me as an influencer, which made no sense because I had like 2000 followers invited me as an influencer with any of my clippers dancers to come to the tone it up tour. We went posted pictures like we normally would. And somehow Katrina saw the posts and was like, I like this girl. I don't even know how she kicked <laughs> me out of all the people at the tour, said she liked mm-hmm. me. And my friend that had invited me told her I was a dancer. And the next week I had an email asking if I want to come teach on this app that they were creating. And, it, wow. and I was like, this is okay. It's going to be like some like side thing. Like this is so random. I'm probably never <laughs> going to be a part of it. You know, it'll be like some fun project that they're working on. And I'm yeah. in and I was on set with them and that was it. I met wow. Steph in China that day, who are now my two best friends. And that's it. And I've been with them for five years. 
Oh my God. That's incredible. <laughs> had you had a fitness background before that? or So yeah, I was teaching Pure Bar at the time, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, it's all just, I needed a side job when I was teaching on the Clippers. So I walked yeah. to Pure Bar one day and asked to teach at their front desk or to work at their front desk and a month. And I was like, I'm never going to teach here. That'll take up too much time. And they convinced me mm. to teach there, which got me into teaching fitness. I learned how to become a teacher. I used to hate speaking in front of people, which is mm. so opposite of who I am now. But I hated talking to people, but it taught me how to be on a mic and program a class. And mm-hmm. then when Tone It Up came around, I wouldn't have known how to do that. I never really taught dance classes. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's just crazy how each step, like I said, you just got to trust it. Sometimes it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you look back and you're like, oh my God. It makes complete sense. <laughs> yeah. When you map it out like that, you're like, oh, obviously this is how it was supposed to happen. But if you were to tell yourself back in high school, like you're going to end up yeah. working for them for five years, oh. like that's – you would probably think you were insane. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's where I'm at now and I absolutely love it. Um, I'm also a ambassador for Viori Clothing, which is like my favorite fitness company ever. And that's really cool. I teach for them too. So that's like mm-hmm. – it's really fun getting to teach – Tone It Up and Viore because I love them both so much. I love it. Yeah, their clothing is so beautiful. <laughs> I've seen all your videos. I was like, I need. Um, it's 20, what is it, 2022 now? <laughs> and everyone is, you know, trying to get on a fitness track or just trying to feel good. I feel like they're healthier in the new year. So what would you recommend for people starting out maybe a fitness journey? Like what would work for them figuring out how to work their body best? Yeah, um, starting with realistic goals. So if your first step is you want to move your body more, set up three workouts a week. It doesn't have to go from zero to a hundred set up three mm-hmm. workouts, three 20 minute workouts. If that just start getting yourself moving. Cause sometimes that's the hardest part where you're like, I just don't even want to get started. Once you're in the workout, mm-hmm. you're in it, you know, <laughs> but it's the getting your foot into that workout. So if you know, all right, this is only gonna be 15, 20 minutes. It's a lot easier to get yourself to get to the mat and start moving. So I would say 15, 20 minute workouts, three times a week, maybe add in some walks, keep it really light. Mm -hmm. If you are someone who's never moved your body or reach out to a friend, try to do it together. Accountability is everything. I love keeping my friends accountable and they keep me accountable. There are days my friend was like, why weren't you at Pilates today? Like, (laughs) I was like, I was tired. (laughs) So like having a friend that will really call you out. And then it's same thing in the kitchen, realistic goals. You don't have to make a new amazing recipe that you see on TikTok and Instagram every night, like make it very simple, make Mm -hmm. a salmon and broccoli dinner. It's boring, (laughs) but that'll just get you if you're trying to eat healthier and maybe eat less meat or dairy, whatever your goal is, that's an easy, simple dinner. It doesn't have to be restaurant quality. (laughs) That that makes it so much more difficult when you go to the store and you have a hundred ingredients for one recipe. And it takes forever Mm. to make that one dinner. And you're like, okay, I did it. But now I have the rest of the week. (laughs) So making simple. And you went to nutrition school, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a holistic health coach as well. So I also feel like there's so much messaging in the world of health, especially nowadays. And I think it can be very overwhelming to figure out like what is right for you. So what, I guess, do you recommend for like feeling your best and like what food wise would you tell someone to try and incorporate more into their lives? First of all, it's just trial and error, figuring out what food works for your body. And that could take up to a month to feel good by cutting out a food group mm-hmm. or feel the effects of adding in a food group. There's never one size fits all for everybody. I'm gluten-free, but that's because gluten really, really bothers me. <laughs> and I've learned that over the years mm-hmm. and I've gone to multiple doctors who do the blood work and find out, you know, so like I would never tell everybody to be gluten-free just because I don't eat gluten. And I would never tell everyone to not eat dairy. I have girlfriends who can eat dairy and it doesn't bother them. Um, So it really is not a one size fits all. And you just have to do trial and error. If you're not feeling great, start to look at what your week entails of eating and map it out and be like, oh, wow, I really didn't feel good after I ate lunch yesterday. What was in that meal? okay, let's try cutting that out. Oh, was it the bread from my sandwich? And it slowly you'll start to be like, oh my God, it was the bread. Every time I eat a sandwich for lunch, I don't feel good. Now that's where I would say like, maybe gluten or maybe it was the dairy in your sandwich, but taking a look at everything you're eating and when do you not feel good? Mm-hmm. And maybe trying to take out that food. And when you cut out foods, by the way, you don't have to do it for the rest of your life. Usually mm. like you can reset your body. Like with gluten, I can eat it every once in a while. 
I just, it took me a long time. I cut it out for a couple of years. I think after a year, your body resets, something like that. Interesting. So that's, that's super interesting too. If you're like, but I love whatever that food is. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, just reset your digestive system. Sometimes they just get overworked and need to like fully reset mm-hmm. from whatever food is bothering it. Um, so I think that's very like motivational. If you're, if you love a food, but it's bothering you, you can have it back. Just yeah. reset your body. Um, but yeah, just listening to your body. Yeah. It's like not a forever thing that I didn't realize that you were set after a year. That's good to know. Cause yeah. that was like all those FODMAP diets and all the ones are like, okay, just cut everything out and figure yeah. out which one doesn't work. I'm like, but I, that isn't every, like onions, re- tomatoes. Yeah. Like it's in everything. I was like, well, I'm just not, I'm just going to not. <laughs> Even for like 30 days, see how mm-hmm. it feels. Cut something out for 30 days if it's bothering you and slowly incorporate it back in. And then, you know, if it does bother you, okay, you know that for when you eat and you're like, okay, I'm not going to feel great, but I want to eat this. Mm-hmm. And then you just have a little more control over all of it. That's great. Um, did you do anything in prep? Cause I do want to get into your wedding because selfishly, mm-hmm. selfishly, I want to ask you everything. Yeah. Um, did you do anything in prep for someone has a wedding coming up? Not even, not a, like a weight loss thing, but more just like to feel your best on the day, like energy, feeling good. Like, did you do anything like that around? I mean, you're already in like the best shape ever, but. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I did cut out some foods and this is not, I hope this doesn't come off as saying cut out food. Yeah. But there, like I just mentioned, there was food that I would eat all the time and be like, yeah, I know it doesn't make me feel great, but I don't care. I like it. Mm-hmm. Like eggs for me really bother me. Mm-hmm. They give me brain fog. I get very bloated, but I love eggs. So I eat them like yeah. almost every morning because it's not detrimental. I'm like, eh, I probably feel better without them, but I'm fine. Mm-hmm. So I cut out things like eggs. I was very strict on my no gluten. You know, there's a lot of times where I'm like, I'll eat it. It's fine. Dairy, but all the things that bother me. If I were to list them all out, people would be like, that sounds miserable. But honestly, I was still eating a full diet. Like I was, I had my avocado toast every morning just with no eggs. Mm-hmm. I would have like big giant lunches, big salads, big salmon and veggies for dinner. So I was still full and happy eating all the things I love. Mm-hmm. I just, all I cut out was food that I know bothers me. So again, I'm like, there isn't something that works for everyone, but that's why I take this time to find what bothers you even go do like a food sensitivity test or talk to a naturopath and see that way you have it in front of you. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, for these two months before my wedding, I'm not going to eat chickpeas because I know that they're going to bloat me, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and then they eat them after and all right, you're going to be bloated for the night when you eat a chickpea. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, that was what I did. I just kind of cut out that food and honestly, not even just for the bloating like, I wanted to feel good. And I get brain fog when I eat food that inflames me. Mm-hmm. So that just made me feel like very clear by cutting out certain food groups. Um, and believe me, the day after the wedding, we ordered like room service and it was everything I've been wanting. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to feel awful after this. And I ate everything I could. Um, but I limited going out mm-hmm. just because again, not even the drinking. I still like had drinks all with my friends and would drink at home, but more for like, I don't want to be out till 3am or whatever time midnight. Like I want to get home and have good sleep the month before the wedding. Yeah. And then just sticking to a workout routine, just being consistent. It wasn't overdoing it. I wasn't doing like two or three workouts a day. It was just consistent. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden one day I was like, Whoa, I feel great. But that's just because I was consistent. <laughs> so that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I think that's important is it's less about like, having to look a certain way. It's like you want to feel your best during like the best time of your life and you want to have the most energy and be able to like, you know, enjoy it all without feeling like you, that chickpea hit the wrong way. Chickpeas yeah. caught me up to be honest, like, but I just had them earlier. So um, yeah, you just want to feel like good. And I think those are great. It, I think that's great advice and very doable because sometimes it's like, oh, I have to follow this insane like paleo diet now. It's more just like finding what isn't inflaming you essentially and just working back well, on there it too it's it's I always say that I'm like change the mindset to how you want to feel because also when you work out like okay if you do a week of strength workouts you're not gonna really look in the mirror and be like wow <laughs> I see the difference you know like no you're building strength and you're building muscles that week so by just going by how your body looks every day. Oh my gosh, it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. We know that from looking at the mirror every day of our life. It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. Your body doesn't change day by, sure, maybe you're not bloated one day, but your body doesn't, isn't going to change when you look at it every single day in the mirror. 
it's when you look back over a month and you're like, oh my God, all of that hard work. Now I see the difference, but also I feel really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just focus on how you feel because you could do one week of workouts. And by the end of the week, you're going to feel like a different person. That's so much more important. And that's especially important when you're leading up to the biggest day that you're planning. You know, you want to feel amazing. Yeah, totally. Uh, that's going to be great. I'm going to delete some things, keep working out. It's going to be awesome. I like that yeah. you still drink. That's good news because yeah. it's hard to give that up. <laughs> oh, can't just be like boring before the wedding. Yeah, no. Drink at your wedding probably. So you don't want to go from not drinking anything <laughs> and then drinking at your wedding. That could end so, bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So I was reading your blog earlier and you had an insane story uh, leading up to your wedding of picking venues. You were a 2020 bride. Please walk me through that story because it was wow. I can't yeah. imagine. <laughs> okay. All right. So I got engaged summer of 2019 and we started planning like in the fall, I guess. And then it was a 2020 bride, 2020 hit. And right away, it was like the beginning of April. We were like, let's just change it. Our, our wedding date was October, 2020. And I was like, let's just cancel it. We'll move it to 2021. All our families coming from New York to LA. Who knows? Okay. We switch it. Great. A month later or two months later in May, we find out not from the venue, from word of mouth, somebody else that was getting married at this venue, that the venue is bankrupt and no longer open. Oh my God. <laughs> and we're like, wait, what? Their Instagram just didn't exist anymore. Their website was down. And we're like, um, all right. So it was panic. And thankfully we hadn't paid too much money. We were able to get some back pay on a credit card, some deposits. If you, if you can ever pay on a credit card, do that. That helped us out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, big advice for anyone putting deposits. I down. literally wrote that down in my notes when I read that earlier. <laughs> pay on a credit card. I know that maybe is scary for some people, but it's, if anything goes wrong, you can call the credit card company and have like somebody else on your team. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, then we had to go figure out where to have a wedding. And the hardest part about it, because I, I kept going back and forth where I'm like, we could just have this tiny, at this point, it's the middle of a pandemic. Let's just have a small wedding. Mm-hmm. We'll go back to work. There, there should be more options. The problem was <laughs> we were stuck in a contract with our room block from our original hotel that we were supposed to stay at because our venue didn't have a hotel with it. Mm-hmm. So we had this hotel in Redondo and they wouldn't let us out of our room block. So we were basically pigeonholed to finding another venue in LA somewhere near Redondo beach, which doesn't have many venues. (laughs) And for anyone listening, that's about, you know, we looked at Santa Monica and Malibu, but Redondo beach Palos Verdes is about an hour, could be an hour and a half from Malibu. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So now you're making everyone fly for it. Yeah. (laughs) It was a lot, but it all worked out. We found another venue in the area. This venue actually like was amazing. They price matched the other place. And so we all wound up staying at this beautiful venue. It worked out better than we could have imagined, honestly. Um, but yeah, it was during all of the planning. It was crazy. I basically planned like three weddings. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause um, you had the original date and then you switch it. Oh my, ugh. I switched it. And then, you know, and then you have to kind of replan cause it's a whole new venue. So mm-hmm. it was like, and this venue was bigger. So now all of a sudden our flowers change, like everything <laughs> kind of changed, but it all worked out. We made it and yeah. it was so beautiful, but it was crazy. Oh my God. It's so stressful. I'm glad you yeah. got some money back. People are just, it's a money-making business and people are just yeah. really out for themselves when it comes to weddings. Yes. Um, yeah. Your wedding was gorgeous. Everything about it, everything you wore, every detail for the planning process. Like what would, what would be a piece of advice that you would tell someone that's planning right now? Like, what did you learn from the process? What Um, advice do you have? Anything like that? Number one, I would say to do a wedding planner, if you can, for more than just the day of, Mm -hmm. just because then they know your vision. If anything goes wrong, they know you and they know what you like. So that would be number one on, if I'm being completely honest, I'm, I like to be in charge, especially when it's like, it's my day. Like, I, I'm not just going to tell someone like, here's my vision and then show up. Yeah. That's just not who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I had my hand in a lot, a lot, a lot of it. And mind you, like my family's Long Island, Mike's family's Queens. So you're dealing with Long Island, Queens, like what, it's not happening fast enough. Like, who do we need to call? What do we got to do? So, so we had a, just because we had a wedding planner, we did all of it. Um, 
it was just nice having someone who did the back end, like handled contracts mm-hmm. and, you know, the little things. Once I made the decisions, the little things, it was really nice to just have someone who was there to their job was to do my wedding <laughs> and make sure it went off smoothly. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be number one. If you can do a wedding planner, even just for like, I don't know, I feel like wedding planners have like a three month option or yeah. if you want to do something really small, just so that they know you and your family a little bit before the day of. Um, and then number two, like don't stress over the little details. People say this all the time. Things are going to go wrong. The, my dress was strapless. It was literally falling off of me during our first dance like sliding down my body, the zipper broke right before our first dance. And it was the wrong version of our first dance song. So my husband and I are just looking at each other and I'm like, my face is red and he's like, what's wrong. And it's so ours for us was, we had a very weird first dance Um, and things are going to go wrong and don't stress over the little details. Oh my gosh. I can't tell you how many nights I would spend being like, okay, but what will this look like? And what would this be? it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Like whatever, <laughs> like whatever the thing is you're stressing about, make the decision and let it go. <laughs> Save yourself the the time that you're going to waste, like thinking over and over, like, but there's this option and this option and th- just pick, pick one and go. Yeah. And honestly, probably pick the cheaper option, <laughs> whatever the cheapest option is. Yeah. Wedding is so expensive and like all the little details you're going to put into your wedding are going to be beautiful you don't need to spend $20,000 on flowers. You don't need to spend, there are just things like I did the most minimal amount of flowers you could do. That's my, cool. <laughs> Yeah. Low. Every time I got the thing back, I'd be like, mm, cut it. And they'd be like, oh, but your, your welcome table is going to be kind of empty. I'm like, who cares? It's a, well, who is looking at my welcome table? That's going to be like, could have been flowers here. I'm like, <laughs> Got it. That's another $400. Wow. I cut all the bridesmaids bouquets like the week before the wedding <laughs> and had one of my bridesmaids go to Whole Foods and get baby's breath. And I don't even know what else. And they quickly went like that, tied it together with some, whatever that brown string is. Wine and or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I was going to call it tweet. Wine. And that was it. That saved me like another thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. So it's like that. And then they threw, and then the bridesmaids bouquets are bye. Where'd they go? <laughs> you know? So it's things like that. Like don't overthink it. Mm-hmm. I love the, that advice. And I, I saw that video earlier of the bridesmaids bouquets. I was like, that's genius because you see them for five seconds and then they throw them off somewhere. Who cares that's after it. that? Yep. Exactly. Um, what's something that you were happy that you stressed about? Like a detail that you're like, thank God I found, mm. got this or thank God I stressed on this. I have a good one. So we rented and this just is kind of depends on your venue. Mm-hmm. But for me, really, the details that I did really want were, um, I wanted like gold accents for the tables. So like gold forks and my own kind of plate. I didn't want just the venue plates and forks and wine glasses. It sounds silly. My mom kept being like, I don't understand this. Like it's a, they have glasses and plates. Why are you going to rent it? But to me, like those tiny little touches are what makes the table feel romantic. Mm-hmm. So I didn't go overboard with anything. Like I just had a tiny little flower in the middle of the table, but to compensate not going overboard with flowers, I had the nice little touches, a couple of candles. Mm-hmm. And the, but the biggest part of that from that same company, I had a lounge rented um, just to kind of give it my aesthetic vibe, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was just something different. And right before the wedding, it was so stressful because I was like, oh my God, I just spent a couple thousand dollars on that. Like, this is so stupid. The, <laughs> the, the, the venue has like couches and chairs. This was so dumb. Why didn't I just use theirs? Thank God I did mine. It was so cute. It was so me. Yeah, the venue would have had their red velvet, couch, whatever their couch was. Mm-hmm. And it would have been fine. But to me, that was like such that added something, those couple of touches. So if there's something that you're like so passionate about, mm-hmm. they're like, me and this will give it my touch then splurge and do that don't worry about every single detail find like the one thing that will matter for you I love it I have one more question before I move on from your wedding because I could stay here for another hour any favorite brands that you found during this wedding planning process I feel like there's so many like veil brands and stuff for bachelorette and stuff for bridesmaids like any brands that you loved that you found through this process yes waters W-A-T-T-E-R-S. Oh my gosh, they're amazing. I wore one of my first wedding dress was from them. Uh, my rehearsal dress was from them. 
Uh, and that, yeah, those were my two favorite dresses and I love them so much. And I think you can find waters on like anthropology and beholden and things like that. Beholden is another good one. Mm. Waters and beholden. Mm. beholden is where I got all the pajamas and my robe and they just have a lot of cute bridal accessories. Um, but yeah, and they're both really affordable. Mm. Like waters, waters is, you know, a wedding gown. So it still costs something, but it's not, there are some brands that are very, very expensive <laughs> and the, these are not. So the, I love that, that they're beautiful, high quality, but not insanely priced. I love it. I can't wait. I haven't fully started yet. Cause I know the second that I start, I'm going to turn into an absolute psychopath. <laughs> going so yeah, I'm just going to, I'm just taking a second before I know I deep dive into it. So I'm excited. Thank you for that. Um, you're pregnant. And <laughs> congratulations. Um, you. you guys just posted about it recently. And I think that is so exciting. Um, and I was stalking you on Instagram as I do for these interviews. And you were talking about someone asked you, like, did you feel ready for um, having a baby? Like, did you guys plan it? Or like, how, what was your mindset about going into this pregnancy? And I love what you said. So I'd love to talk a little bit more about like, your mindsets around career and pregnancy and transitions and all of that stuff with this new pregnancy. Yeah. Um, well, so it's a wedding night, baby. So it yes. <laughs> very, very quick. You know, we've both been like, okay, we're ready. Yeah. Like if it ever happens, like great. If it doesn't this year, like no pressure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we're having a baby <laughs> having quick. Um, and I mean, at this point, once it kind of happens, you're like, okay, it's happening. So here we go. Well, first of all, living in LA, people don't really have babies, especially at 28. Um, you know, it's all about career people. I don't even have a lot of friends that are married out here. It's very different. I have the opposite <laughs> I mean, of going, going on where I am right now. So yeah. Exactly. So, right. So, you know, back at home, some of my girlfriends are my age and they have three kids already. That's just not what it's like in LA. Mm-hmm. Every year, like grinding and being self-sufficient and afraid that if we take a pause or do anything that brings our mind over here, mm-hmm. we're going to fail and fall away and not be relevant anymore. Mm-hmm. So I always knew I wanted to have a baby. I just didn't know when I'd be able to be like, okay, now's the, like right now, let's do it. Um, and then I saw my girlfriend get pregnant and she's 28 and she has her own business and lives here in LA. Her significant other has his own business and they're both grinding and crushing it. And they're in the same circles as I am. And all of a sudden I was just kind of like, oh, and she was doing it and so happy and not scared and it was happening. And so Mike and I just saw that when she, when they told us they were pregnant, it was the first time we looked at each other and we were like, I want that. Mm -hmm. I think we're, we should do that. (laughs) We should have a baby. Like, why can't I have a baby? Why can't I like genuinely all of a sudden something switched to me where I was like, wait, I don't even understand that argument all of a sudden. Like, why couldn't I be an actress if I wanted to? Why can't I be in commercials or if I ever booked a role on a show? Why can't I do that with a baby? That doesn't <laughs> like my brain all of a sudden switched and like couldn't comprehend. There was just something that switched in me that was like, wait, I, I get to work on Instagram and like social media. Why can't I do that with a baby? Yeah why all of a sudden there was just no more reasoning Mm -hmm. left in my brain for why I couldn't do anything that I do with a baby. Um, especially as people who are self-motivated and entrepreneurs, like we know how to (laughs) self-motivate, you know, everyone keeps warning me how hard it's going to be and how I'm not going to get a lot of sleep and all this stuff, which I know I can't imagine what it's going to be like, but I keep being, I keep trying to say, you know, I've, I've had to be the one that wakes myself up at 6am every day. It'll be great. I can't wait for a baby to be the reason, like to have this purpose besides yeah. myself at 6 a.m. This is going to be great and get my day going. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to be busy, but it's going to give me this other purpose and motivation to reach all my goals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So all of a sudden, I'm just like, well, I don't know why I couldn't do all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's nice that you had like a very clear example of like, oh, she's doing it and she makes yeah. it all make sense. Like, I could do that too. And I think that can apply for a lot of things. Like you see someone that's just like you doing the things that you didn't think you can necessarily do right now, but they're doing it. So why couldn't you? And I think that's really cool that you had that example. And I love that you said again, like it's giving you this newer purpose because it sounds like the more you lean into like purpose for you, it's like really brings, opens up all this stuff. So I'm so excited for this chapter of your life. That's so awesome. 
Thank you. Have you started like nesting or like getting things ready? Are you still just like, what the hell are we doing? (laughs) So we haven't changed anything at the house yet. I'm still just trying to figure out. We got a condo last year and like, and then it was wedding planning. So I still haven't fully even finished decorating it for us. So (laughs) trying to get that stuff finished first Mm -hmm. and eventually we'll start changing and making a nursery, which is so weird. I can't wrap my head around that fully. Mm. Um, but I have been cooking more. I feel like that's nesting. All of a sudden I'm like, there's something in me where I'm like making all these recipes and making dinner every night. And it's this beautiful dinner. And I'm like, I don't know where this came from. <laughs> I don't know what's happening, but I'm like excited to go grocery shop and make these meals every day. Mm-hmm. So something is more maternal in me, I guess. <laughs> um, but that that's the extent of it. We still fully haven't wrapped our brains around it. Like every day we're like, oh my God, this is crazy. Mm. But then when we realize there's going to be a baby here in six months, that part hasn't set in. <laughs> well, oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Yeah, I'm excited to watch the baby grow. <laughs> I'm excited to see how it's going to like shift things. But I, I feel like it's going to just only make your life that much greater. And I'm really excited to follow along with that. Um, before we wrap up, you yeah. are so great on social media and building this brand and just like being a forward-facing person and influencer, if you will. What would you say to someone that's wanting to get more into that field or wanting to get more creative or wanting to do something a little bit out of like the norm of what they're doing now? Like, What would you recommend for someone like that? First of all, don't listen to the people that say or question what you're doing. Like, Listen, some realistic questions, fine. But don't let anyone tell you that you can't do it or make you feel silly for the thing that you want to do. I remember one time my cousin, when I told him I was making a blog, this was like 10 years ago, made some comment, like people still make blogs. And I was so embarrassed and was like, oh my God, you're right. I'm like late to the game already. Like I'm mm-hmm. so late on that, which are you kidding? You can make a blog today. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. Like, what am I even doing? That's like so late. I'm too late to the game. And I didn't because of one comment from someone. (laughs) So my advice would be don't listen to anyone who says anything or makes comments that make you feel insecure about what you're trying to do. You feel like that's your passion and that's what you want to do. Go do it and do it full force. Mm -hmm. Don't hold back. That's something I regret all the time about my journey is I wish, maybe not regret, but I wish I had known not to hold myself back. If I love something, do it. I used to post food all the time and I was like, no one likes to see this. This is so lame. Now, look, everyone is a food blogger. You can do whatever you want mm-hmm. and trust yourself. Because also, if no one's doing it, maybe you found something that is going to be content that people want to watch that hasn't been made before. Yeah. So trust yourself. Whatever you have, bring it. No one's you, even if it is something that exists. No one is you. So it's always going to be different and unique no matter what, because it's through your lens. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. I think it's just like doing what you like and not being afraid to like show it to people. Because why not, you know, just like putting a little bit more joy in the world who we all need that. Mm -hmm. Oh, Taurus was great. Um, I'm going to ask you some final questions um, before we wrap up, if that's cool. Um, First question, anything that since you're now sharing so much of your life online, like anytime you've overshared something that you might have done differently or something that you want to share more, anything in that realm? Well, oversharing wise, I think I just used to uh, try to be uh, inspire. Yeah. I would try to be what I think inspiration should look like, or like put on this voice that wasn't really my own. Mm-hmm. So in an oversharing way, <laughs> I wish I could go back and just learn how to speak a little more from the heart, but you, you just have to learn. You just have to talk and learn, but <laughs> I definitely, um, sometimes I'm like, what was I trying to say there? What was I trying to do? I even listened back. My voice is different four years ago, just because I wasn't grounded and dropped into who I am now which is so interesting to me Yeah. forward to this LA making me talk groggily in the back of my throat, but, <laughs> but either, either way. Um, yeah, just like learning how to speak from myself and my heart rather than putting on what I thought I should be. And now I'm just really trying to post more authentically and share authentically my day to day and not have to be so perfect and not be the content that I think it needs to be. Or like, Oh, is that who, is that the kind of content that I put out? Should I do that? Do I want to post it? And I want to share that today that I'm going to listen to that and do that. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm leaning into that more too. And it just, it feels more freeing when you get to that place because you just feel more like yourself because you're doing it for you and hoping to help someone with that instead of like, who could this possibly help or what do they want? Yeah. It's just like a little bit easier. I feel like. 
had a friend, I was, I was like, oh my God, I love these, this girl's videos. They're like art. I love watching them. And my friend was like, that's the kind of stuff like I basically make. I just didn't know anyone would want to watch that. So I didn't like, I stopped putting it out and I'm like, well, yeah, but that's just because you were worried that you weren't getting any views on it. But that doesn't mean no one wants to watch it. If that's the kind of content you enjoy and that's what lights you up, then keep doing it mm-hmm. until one day people see it. Or maybe it's just for you and your friends, you know? But if that's what makes you happy, maybe it'll make you better in this part of your life to get to just share here, even if it's not for a big following. So, yeah, not everything has to be for like the end of it all and like a following and all this. It could just be like a fun thing to do for today, and that's okay. Exactly. Um, what do you want to be known for or remembered by? Well, I kind of said in the beginning of this, but that quote of just kind of leaving things different and with your mark on it, um, that's really where I'm at in my life. I really just want to inspire people to do whatever lights them up, I think, by following and doing the things that light me up and sharing my life and hopefully inspiring people through my life. It's like I went through all these ups and downs to get where I am. It's not perfect. You know, I might have had this like, big wedding and now all the things that look like everything's perfect, but it took a lot of time and a lot of failing and to get where I am. And so now I just really want to inspire people to know that they can have whatever they want and whatever kind of life they want. That's amazing. Yeah. Keep doing it. It's going great. (laughs) Um, one's what Tori, what is one last piece of advice or leaving thought that you could end us off on? I feel like I've said this a lot today, but just finding what you're passionate about and going for it and not worrying what anyone else thinks or what anyone else says about it and finding something that's bigger than you too. And not, not just for clout, not just for followers or, you know, or validation, whatever, of course you want to be known. Like even with all the things I do, I still, at the end of the day, there's that part of me that wants to be known for the hard work I put in, you know, that part's totally fair. I think it also gets really confusing when everyone says it can't be about yourself for success, you know, that part gets confusing too. Cause then you're like, well, how do I work hard for things? And not, if it's not for validation, so obviously that's going to be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's follow it. That, that of course, you know, we all work hard. We want to be recognized for our hard work, but having that bigger purpose makes it so much easier and better and more fun to show up every day for whatever work it is that you do. And just like finding the things that light you up, even if it's to do on the side when you're home from work it'll make you better at your job probably because you're going to have something fun to look forward to after. Um, so yeah, just going for the things you want, find the thing that lights you up and do it. Even if it doesn't make sense to anyone else. I love that. It was a perfect way to end it. I feel exactly the same. Um, Tori, where can everyone find you, follow you, the blog, take class with you, do all that. You can find me at Tor Sim, T O R R S I M on Instagram. Uh, I post everything there pretty much. I, We'll let everyone know when I'm teaching. Um, I teach every Wednesday morning on Viore, but I post about that all the time. So if you just come over to my page, you'll see everything there. Um, I have a blog that's linked on my page too. Pretty much just come to my Instagram and everything. Everything is there and we can chat there. (laughs) It's a beautiful place to be. So everyone go follow. Um, Thank you so much for sitting down with me. It was so nice to meet you. This was wonderful. This was so great. Thanks, Sydney. That is it for me today, you guys. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. Before you go, make sure that you rate, review, and follow, as well as subscribe so you never miss an episode. And one thing you can share in the meantime, this podcast, obviously. Send it to a friend who needs some inspiration or give us some love on social media and tag us at Something to Share Podcast on Instagram. And I'll see you next Wednesday.